ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the boys. A little bit of a mid-season break for the lads. Always a little bit going on in the uh, RIB family. So uh, we even got a little tease during the week. Uh, even Snag sent me a message and said he was thinking about jumping on the potty. But uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise, lads, he is not here tonight. But we will let the listeners know that Snags will make a return in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's just going to pop in, say good day, talk about a few fights. He'll probably want uh, about probably 30 minutes on Jack Jenkins. So, um, but that's all right. Um, we love Jack. So we'll talk, talk a bit of Jenkins today, actually, in the podcast. So that should be fun. But before we jump into today's podcast, I thought better introduce the boys. Stoney, Stoney, how has the week been, my friend? Yeah, it was good. And then you broke the news that Sugar Snags wasn't coming on. So it took a bit of a plummet. <laughs> Um, look, boys, I'm going to fess up and be honest. If I had known that tapping snags out in the grapple match would have meant he never come back on the po- – I never would have agreed to this DL. I know. This is not what I signed up for. If if it makes snags feel better, we can just say that he didn't tap. Like, you boys know he did, but yeah, we can we just tell tap. the rest of the world he didn't. If that's going to bring you back to the podcast, DL, I'm happy to, to erase that little win from my – from it, my column. It, it wasn't a Keith Peterson thing. Where did, you know, what happened a couple of weeks ago, Keith grabbed the arm and it flicked back and he <laughs> said it was a tap. So none of those problems. None, none of, of those. those. Mate, you mentioned the ROB family. Yep. Quick shout out. We had a big win over in Perth two weeks ago. Did JVH you? defending in enemy territory. How good's, How good's that? Yeah, it's good Good when uh, one of the boys gets a legitimate win from the ROB family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're up and about for that. Always good to see JVH yeah, awesome. get his arm raised. Yeah, he's good. He's good. It's, it's, uh, we need to start the run to Sydney for JVH. You reckon he's a chance? Yeah, there's a hashtag. A lot of, a lot hashtag. of, a lot of things got to go right for the man, but it's possible. It's possible. He's on the radars, which is the good thing about our man. I can't remember what the hashtag no, is. <laughs> we definitely should have researched. There is definitely should have researched. I'm like, you're tapping away on the keys, so you're looking it up. Why Stone is looking it up? Let's introduce the Statman. Statman, how are you, mate? I'm doing well. I When I heard that Snags was not coming onto the podcast, I was worried that maybe he tore his, uh, tore his, uh, his <laughs> quad again walking across the airplane uh, tarmac. But no, thankfully, thankfully, he is still fighting fit and he will be back. Uh, on the podcast soon. I actually had a non-MMA related sports uh, excitement over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup, oh, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Being thrown myself uh, right into the NHL of late. Uh, and it was the most exciting, stressful couple of weeks. So they, obviously they play similar to the NBA. They played the, the best of seven in the, yeah. in the finals. Oh, absolutely brutal as well. And then you start to see the, the team seven games of, uh, of, uh, NHL. And then they get into the next round, another seven games. You can start to see their bodies wearing down oh. and you start to get nervous, but the golden Knights came out and, and, uh, lifted the Stanley did Cup. It, did high, it go to game seven or no, no. So they, they won, uh, they won against Florida Panthers in game five. So, oh, um, Easy the win. gentleman's sweep, they call it, um, yeah, which is win. nice. Keeps it interesting. But yeah, they they won they won the 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 fi- the fifth and final game of the Stanley Cup Finals. I think it was nine three. So it was an absolute drubbing, but um, absolutely fantastic effort from the Golden Knights boys. That's good. You think you'll continue that, mate, into next season? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So uh, we're we're actually just seeing the off season stuff now, like the draft and everything like that is coming up. My partner and I, we we. 
it's quite nerve wracking because we've grown to love our teams and we didn't quite realize that there was so much player swapping in the, <laughs> in the NHL. They trade players away with like barely a care in the world. Oh, really? And it's devastating to see these players that you're like, Oh man, this, this dude's an absolutely amazing player. And it's like, Oh yeah, he's gone now. He's, <laughs> he's halfway across the country. And you're like, Oh, I fucking love that dude. I just ordered a, I just ordered a fucking jersey with his name on it. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> it's all it's all business. It's all business. Well, like Australian Australian football and stuff, like that, at the very least NRL, you'd normally see the same kind of team kick around for a season or two, especially if they're on a hot streak. They're like legitimate, like uh, players who are integral to the success of a team mm. just being traded around for draft picks. But what the fuck is the good thing? It. The good thing, Statman, about your sport, it's very respectable to continue to wear someone's name that used to play yeah. for the club. So, yeah, if you're repping the team, it's fine. It's fine who you've got on your back, mate. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Fun fact, boys Trevor Ariza from the NBA traded nine times to you. Nine That's times. That's a lot. Yeah. Because it's not. This is not just fantasy sport. This no. is you're packing your whole life up. You're moving across fa- the country. We've got families too. Hundred yeah. percent. So nine times. I think that's the the record in in the NBA. That's uh, probably a good single man's game. The old the old trade world of the US sports. But um, yeah, a lot of families moving to uh, different parts of the world. Yeah. Anyway, not so much happens in Australia. It's everyone's a little bit. Sookie when it comes to that sort of stuff. Yeah, so. the balance of power is a bit different. <laughs> Boys, just quickly, it's Lockjaw for UFC 293. Oh, a little bit long. It. If I'm being a PR, if I'm yeah. giving some constructive <laughs> feedback. <laughs> I'd short that. We, we saw how the constructive feedback worked after his first loss to Costa. I feel like I've got to jump in the PR feedback. Yeah, yeah I think so. JVH we, for 293. Yeah, I think Would Statman's it, got a suggestion. We, we, yeah, we, we need uh, the UFC lettering and it has JVH in the UFC lettering. JVH yep. 293. Oh. Like that's just, that's just a gibby. So, we can mock um, up? Yeah, I reckon we could flick something up. Yeah, yeah I reckon we can get we'll something We'll sort it out. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to. Uh, boys, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Uh, episode 283 it is. We're going to jump straight into our likes and dislikes for this week, boys. No housekeeping because the boys have been on a break, so there should be no issues, no carry on. It's going to go straight to likes and dislikes. Boys, can I kick it off with this? Elon Musk versus Zuckerberg. What What's what's going on here, boys? I, I feel like I'm out of the loop. I only caught this this morning. Yeah. I've been living in a hole. Wow. I only caught this this morning. So, boys, fill me in. What's the scoop? Uh, I think this one is actually happening, Statman. Yeah, I, apparently the last I saw it was Elon Musk's mum was calling uh, calling it off, which is about as degrading as you get if you own two hundred and forty billion dollars. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. I'm so sorry, Mark. My mum says that we can't find it, so it's pretty it's it's pretty rough. Um, but yeah, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point this went through as an exhibition bout or something. And Dana White's talking big big views and yes. honestly the, the i don't i can't think of a a an event that has more casual appeal uh, like because these guys it's, it's not even it's not even conor mcgregor versus floyd mayweather yeah. who are big names in the combat sports and have seeped into the casual the casual consciousness these are people who are like a list not even a list celebrities they're they're, they're nova celebrities so yeah. the yeah, exactly. House, household names that own the two biggest platforms in the world. A-list nerds, and everyone will be down <laughs> to see that deal. They both, they both have jiu-jits. 
Like, I do don't we, think do Musk we does, think, does he? I, I think, think he, he has. He has previously. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm Team Musk the entire way, but I've got grave concerns that this. He, he's got about he's sixty pounds on on Zuckerberg. I'd say that that's his only chance of victory. Zuckerberg. I've actually seen Zuckerberg grapple, and he doesn't look terrible. How how tall how tall is the Zucker? He'd be taller than Musk. Because but I not know by Musk much. is no. I know Musk is like six two. He's a big. He's a big. Oh, lad. is he really? Jesus. I don't know what he what he's weighing right now, but like he's. I know he's a six foot six foot two. Stoney's just doing the stats here. Yeah. So so Musk is fifteen centimeters taller. So one seventy one is Zuckerberg. Mm. One eighty six is is Musk. One eighty six is taller for for Musk than or I would pounds. have thought. So what do we got? Don't know if, if Elon would have submitted his his weight. <laughs> no. Eighty five kilos for for Elon. Eighty five kilos. Reportedly, there's no chance. There's no chance he's 85 kilos. Man. Is that his fighting weight? Because if he does a weight cut, you might be able to get to 80. Have you have you seen the video, the the pictures of him on the on the yacht? Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's no way that dude's 85 kilos. I swear. He's like maybe five or six pina galatas deep in that. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that's true. No, no shame in that. If you're a billionaire, you could look yeah. however the fuck you yeah, want to look. But so Musk between 185 and 200 pounds. Zuckerberg weighs in around 155. So we're talking basically a, a lightweight versus 200 light, light heavy. Yeah, uh, it's, it's Frankie Edgar versus Israel Adesanya at this point. So yeah, I like it. Well, you've got me excited. Actually, I'm going to give it a like. I like it too. There's no chance I'm not watching that, and and I think I, I'd be amongst about 16 million people streaming it. Um, and then and they don't need the money, so I'm assuming nah. it'll be charity. Like a charity would benefit a lot. You don't get $250 billion by doing charity, do you? Well, is it a tax write-off? <laughs> <laughs> and I, you can understand why Dana's going, oh, yeah, I'll promote it, I'll promote it. Yes. <laughs> There's some Dana, sort of Dana's fee in like, there that I can charge. Dana's eyes <laughs> literally turning to dollars. Because <laughs> if you said to someone, we're going to donate $100 million to charity from this fight, you would forget about the other... A hundred million dollars that's floating around yeah. from the, the sale of the fight. So <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, Stabman, what do you got? Yeah, so it's been a little while since we've been around. So uh, just wanted to touch base on uh, Charles Oliveira versus Benil Dariush, um, a, a fight that has pretty significant implications for the lightweight division and one that uh, he kind of surprised me. Obviously, on the Charles Oliveira train, lightweight champion dominated Gaethje dominated Poirier, like looked absolutely amazing. I did think that Benil Dariush maybe presented some uh, problems that uh, Oliveira didn't have answers to and got proven completely wrong. So uh, really, really excited for that. Makes you wonder about the Islam Makachev fight. Was Charles Oliveira maybe overly cautious and off his game or is Islam Makachev that good? But I like obviously Volk, we want to see Volk go up against uh, Islam once more time, but I, I'd be very, very interested in a Charles Oliveira Islam Makachev rematch after seeing that that performance he put on against Dariush. I was ready to hit the like button because I thought this is about Ch- Charles Oliveira's trotting career. Have you seen the? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen? So I was I was ready yeah. to hit the like because he's actually quite good. Um, he's quite good at it. Apparently, he's uh, he's looking to get into a race in uh, in Australia. So it would be really cool. And he takes the takes the belt to the races and stuff as well. It's pretty cool. 
anyway. Uh, very impressive trotting career and, and very comprehensive <laughs> in the in the cage as well. Uh, actually, I, I had him picked for that that one, but I probably didn't anticipate he would make it look as easy as is what it yeah. did. So uh, hats off to Charles, and yeah, it's a bit of logjam up there if, if Volk wins, and then uh, you've got Charles. There's a few really good fights, so interesting to see how that one all pans out. Manu Nunes, that man. Yeah, obviously defended, defended her being a weight title, resigned, uh, retired, stood down, uh, took her titles with her, and it looks like took the UFC featherweight, uh, women's featherweight division with her as well. Um, but obviously a, a stellar career with huge victories over pretty much everyone uh, from Valentina Shevchenko to Ronda Rousey to Misha Tate to Holly Holm to pretty much anyone who is anyone in the women's bantamweight division. Um, uh, Cyborg as well. I forgot to mention that, but like a, 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 a sub two minute KO of Cyborg Santos is absolutely insane. Boys, uh, is she the greatest of all time women's MMA? And and if she's not, who would you put up there? Has to be. Absolutely has to yeah. be. In terms of, I think it was down to, and I know we get into the, the Peds debate every time there's the greatest mentioned, it had to be down to Cyborg or, or Amanda Nunes. It was answered pretty emphatically. So I can't say any any scenario where someone could lodge a plausible case as to someone other than Amanda, given what we've seen. Um, sure, she, she slipped up against Penner. Uh, she redeemed that one, but... Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine there's anyone else out there who's really um, got a compelling case to that that crown yet, deal. Not close. Not even close, I don't reckon. Not even close. I did see an article during the week uh, that now she's gone. Did you see the Rhonda stuff pop up? No. That no. said Rhonda now eyeing <laughs> now eyeing Grasso. <laughs> like yep. someone would have just went, how good would this be? This is going to get me instant clicks. Yep, 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Do, do we hear that uh, Juliana Pena wanted to rush the cage oh, she's to like just, she's just a to like demand a rematch no, she's a during Amanda Nunez's fucking retirement speech. And I'm glad she didn't because she would look like quite the fool. But I must say I do I, I can in the the mindset I understand her frustration with, with Amanda pulling yeah. the pin when they're one and one and, and, and let's face it, Juliana Penne's whole legacy hinges on mm. winning that yeah. third fight. If mm. she's the, the person to go two and one and she's the one who who truly dethrones Amanda Nunez, um you know that that elevates her her stocks considerably. She's now back in the pile, and and she's just another fighter who's who's in that top contention. But so I understand why she was frustrated. Glad she didn't didn't try and rush the cage. That reminds me of Junie Browning on the Ultimate Fighter when he was unhappy oh, with the fine. result. Now it make, makes for entertaining viewing, but probably probably not uh, what you want to see in, in the sport. Oh, we'll give Amanda Nunes retirement a tick, but. Julie. Giving it a big tick because it's also time as well. Sorry to cut you off there. It's yeah. time. Like I think everyone's ready to move on from Amanda. Yeah, as great sure. as she's been, um, I don't think there's there's too many people who are you know truly disappointed. If, if Connor had walked away after uh, the 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 dual champ against Eddie Alvarez when he first retired, one of three times, people would have been truly disappointed. There's no one here truly disappointed nah. that Amanda Nunes is walking away. So nah. onwards and upwards for the division. She's oh. made the cash. She's beaten everybody. She's cemented a legacy. And she retires young enough and healthy enough to be able to enjoy her retirement. So uh, well earned. And rich enough that she'll never make an OnlyFans, which is a God bless for everybody, boys. I was just going to give Julie Penne the uh, for making it about herself. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, deserve, that's deserving. Uh, boys, I reckon Stoney might be able to talk upon this one. They're kind of missing the deadline. What, what are you seeing it? Because it's a... 
it's a uh, dislike on me, but I don't know if it's dislike because of Connor or dislike because of the whole situation. Yeah, big dislike, boys. I, I was on record maybe a couple of weeks ago to, in the group chat saying I was pretty confident this fight would happen at year's end. Obviously, I look quite the fool now because that's certainly not happening unless he gets some serious Brock Lesnar treatment, which he will not because there's so many eyes on this. Uh, I can only assume that that Connor's testing regularly and he's still got some trace elements. I don't think there's any any conjecture that he's certainly been taking some substance to help heal the leg. Um, so I have to just assume that he's still got trace elements in the system and, and you obviously can't enter the pool under that, that scenario. I, I don't buy any of the conspiracy that, you know, after the ultimate fighter, he's, he's ducking Chandler and he, now he doesn't want the foot. You know, I, I'm not necessarily in, in that train, but I, I have to assume that he's still got some, some juice in the system, boys, and he, he obviously can't jump in until that's all gone. Stamman, are you concerned that the, our group chat is the record? What do you mean? Like that, <laughs> Sony that, goes, I'm on record in the group chat. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's I'm a good record. That the group chat is record. It's <laughs> I mean, as long as it never gets submitted anywhere. I'm going to delete the, <laughs> I'm gonna delete the group <laughs> chat. As long as it never sees the light of day, DL. Uh, as long as we'll just be in front of a judge being like, oh, I said it on record, but I won't show you that. Okay. <laughs> I've, got your, I've got your WhatsApp group. I've got your WhatsApp group. <laughs> Just fucking send us to prison, man. <laughs> it is a bit sad about Connor. Um, yeah, like it, I, mean, I agree with Stoney. There's got to be a, just a little bit of trace. So when you look at the tough series and you see how defined his back is, I'm not an expert in this at all, but isn't like a lot of acne related to yeah, pet yeah, use as well? Yeah. And just just elevated testosterone in general. But yeah, yeah. it's a, yeah. when you see acne from someone who traditionally is past the age of puberty and hasn't had. Uh, back knee previously it's mm-hmm. it's a pretty telltale sign and he's um, huge do you do you boys you guys keep saying trace on this do you think that he's off the gear do yes. you like yeah i think he I, would I, have I, to I'm be just, on the gear because of his leg 100 percent. that was two years ago like yeah but once you get on you're just like fuck yeah look at this yeah good see. that's what that's what i'm thinking but like <laughs> surely he would have he's rich enough to be able to get designer shit that is undetectable like fucking olympic athletes every olympic athlete's on something You'd think that he would have like so. It shouldn't matter that he's either still on the gear or he's cycling correctly or anything like that. If he's so, I, I don't understand the hesitancy to. We know that there's UFC fighters that are probably juiced to the gills yeah. almost year round, and Who? they're still in the start. We want some some, some names. Uh, what, Paulo they're... Costa. <laughs> he's not fighting. <laughs> Paulo Costa. He's one hundred percent on the gear. <laughs> fine, uh, but like. So it's maybe he just maybe he doesn't want to cycle off, or maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't yeah maybe he never used it before and doesn't know how maybe he's he was gonna never going to fight flush up. Yeah, maybe. Do you reckon it was a publicity stunt? Why not? He stayed because he he sees what his numbers do on his businesses when he's in the when he's in anything. Why punch a, a fucking Miami Heat <laughs> a mascot and break their jaw and something like that? Send I don't think the uh, I don't think the was a good move, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Allegiant. Allegiant. we might have to bleep that out. <laughs> we're, we're we're not up for defamation, Statman. Yeah. <laughs> we might have just to protect you, mate. We might have to bleep that one out. <laughs> Fuck me. That's on record. It's in the WhatsApp group. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just can't. I, I can't get my head around that that he would come back with any intention not to fight, and, and I, I certainly can't get my mind around the. You know the comments that you know now that he's seen Chandler in the flesh, he doesn't. He wants no piece of it. Like I don't, 
That just cannot. He's a fighter. Nah. He, he's not he's so game. He, he's not scared I don't of people. Think... It would have ended badly, but Connor would be back in there in a second against Khabib, I think. Yeah. So, and, yeah. and if we're talking about the true test of if, is someone scared, if you're not scared to, to go and put yourself in, in the fire for someone who – Dustin Poirier, for example, knocked him out straight back into yeah. the, the rematch. Yeah. Uh, he's not someone who, who's scared. If he gets his mind fixated on, on fighting, so he's in there. So uh, it'd be, I hope this fight happens, boys, uh, especially for Michael Chandler's sake because – uh, oh, he's man. he's invested a lot in this fight, and for it to just be a, a, a non-event and never happen uh, would be would be a shame for someone who I think we can all agree is uh, he's a decent bloke, old Mike. I don't yeah, think anyone I says like a bad him. word about him. So yeah, same. Let, let, let's hope it comes through for Mike. I like it. I like him. Boys, I'm excited about this one. A little talking point uh, about our boy Jack Jenkins. It was a tight fight. It was a really tight fight. I just thought that Jack was doing the damage in that first two rounds. I thought his his kicks, his exchanges were just stronger than Emma's, just stronger. And I just felt like control was the big thing of that whole entire fight. I think good mate, our good mate Christopher Lee and old mate whatever the other guy is that always cause controversy, <laughs> I feel like they got it right for us and got it right for Jack. But I just felt control was the thing because they gave Emma's the third and all Emma's did was lie on Jack. And Jack was doing damage from the bottom. Yeah, look, I need to be honest and truthful to myself here. The easy thing would be go along with it because he's one of our boys. I actually had a 30-27 for Emmers. Uh, didn't please me in any any fashion. I agree with what DL said that Jack was certainly having the better moments. At mm. least that's that was my take in real time. Uh, but I felt it at every uh, – when the round just looked like it was in Jack's favour, Emmers would have a moment that it would make me question – did he do enough to, to win the judges over? Because it was Emma's a hometown boy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you've you've got that that factor as well. And I was saying to DL after each round, I'm saying that Emma's is doing enough. If they want to give it to him, they're going to give it to him because he's certainly doing enough. Um, but th- those leg kicks were devastating. I agree, like in the third round, you know, Emma's didn't do a lot. But in terms of control, I, I, I can't say that Jack landed significant damage in the third. He might have been, um, you know, doing work off the back. But, yeah, look. I was absolutely stoked with it. I didn't think that was going to go our way. Super glad it did because that would have been a shit loss for Jack uh, in his second fight in, in the UFC. Uh, and cannot wait to see what's what's next, boys. Um, yeah, it, it'd be great if he made that Sydney card. Mm, absolutely. I think he will. Mate, those those first two rounds were the definition of like a coin flip. So Super close, yeah. Uh, for, me, for me, a 30-27 for Emmers is not an unreasonable scorecard. A 29-28 for Jack Jenkins is not an unreasonable scorecard just based on the fact that those first two rounds were literally, were, were essentially 10-10 rounds. Uh, neither fighter established himself as as decisively winning the round. Um, we've seen Jack, Jen, Jack, Jack Jenkins fight live before. We know the sound that, of impact that his strikes make at cage side. Have to wonder if maybe the judges heard something that the, the, the TV mics didn't pick up or anything like that because... We know how hard he connects with fighters when he is striking. You said the leg kicks, they're his specialty. Um, but what whatever the judges were looking for, they saw it in the control. They saw it in the striking exchanges. I don't think it's a question that Emma's won the third round. Um, I think that that's, that's pretty stock standard. But then it comes down to what did what one single moment did you see that tipped the scale just, just slightly in rounds one and two? And obviously for two judges and, and for a number of people at home, they saw that Jack Jenkins did enough in that round. Um, I think I had a 29-28 Emmers. Um, I was I was pleasantly surprised when I went to Jack Jenkins, mostly because 
Emmers is the hometown boy. Those rounds are so close. And because the third round was the most decisive, I think that that also leaves a memory in your brain where you're like, oh, Emmers, if you really watch the fight again, the first rounds are just so razor close. Um, one thing to consider is, fuck, the featherweight division is is stacked. Like, Emmers wasn't even really on my radar at all. Um, and And to see him do that, like have that kind of fight with Jack Jenkins, who we know is like a legitimate prospect in the featherweight division. It scares me how deep that featherweight division is. Mm. Um, I don't think that I, I think that Emmers and, and Jenkins are both potentially top tier competitors in the featherweight division, but there is a fucking slaughterhouse mm. between them and the top the top fifteen. Even there's fighters unranked that have six wins straight in the UFC, like. It's just absolutely mental to see what that division is and it's so exciting for the featherweight division and, and the lightweight division and the bantamweight division, those lower weight classes because they're absolutely stacked full of talent. Boys, well, just a couple of quick stats there just because we're talking about it. Uh, Jack went at 55.2% for total strikes versus Emma's 41.1. Uh, significant strikes, Jack went at 49.6%. Emma's went at 368 So Emma's threw the more volume but – Jack far more efficient, yeah. it's way more efficient. Also in the takedowns as well, DL. So you've got takedowns one of one, hundred percent for Jenkins, and um, there were six attempts from Emmers and only landed once. Yeah, and I think it's the, it's the actual the the total strikes which probably threw me. And in fairness, I've not rewatched this. So what mm. I try to what I tend to do watching fights when I'm heavily invested in someone, I I feel like I'm probably erring on the side of worst case. So if there's mm. a, a very close round, I'm I'm probably assuming it hasn't gone my yeah. way. Just such I don't <laughs> want to get my hopes up. Um, but yeah, looking looking back, you look at the stats and, and you know in Jack's. Uh, defense, more significant strikes, more total strikes. It didn't feel like that in real time. Mm. I, I didn't believe he had when he was buckling the legs with those devastating mm. kicks. I Ooh. thought this is over. This is going to pay dividends, and pretty soon one of these is just going to drop him, and he just didn't come. So, uh, but when when he was landing those, boy, that 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 were devastating. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. So we'll, we'll give a we'll give a like oh, for massive Jenkins' like. win, massive like. Um, and we'll also give a like because he's called out Nate the Train, the yeah. the, the uh, for Sydney. And that would be for a ranking spot, you would guess. So Number 15, they're saying that they've declared they're putting putting number. So whoever's number 15, unlucky for you because you're getting bumped, boy. <laughs> ah, let's go. Let's go. One thing I will say about Jack Jenkins is he's, he's 2-0 in the UFC. He's also 2-0 in post-fight photos with his opponent. Uh, and you, you always see them. He's always got like somewhere after the fight or anything like that, he's always arm around his opponent, Love big that. smile. I remember... I forget the name of the, his opponent from the Perth card, but uh, I think his flight got back to the US got delayed. And so Jack Jenkins was on his socials being like, hey, does anyone have a, a spot in Sydney for this guy? He's a cool dude. He's really good. <laughs> Show him around the city. I fucking love that from yeah, Jenkins. That's so that's good. Um, all I'm saying is if he does fight Nate, uh, probably the one guarantee is we'll see Jack Jenkins and Nate arm around each other at the end of the fight. Um, and and look forward to that. Is there a JVH and Jenkins photo? So they didn't fight in the end. No, I haven't fought yet. No, so we got a couple. We got a video of them in the same room together. (laughs) Yeah, almost fighting. (laughs) We do. We do have video. It's quality video. (laughs) Pivot back to that last point. Imagine if (laughs) JVH and and Jack never fought, and and it's. Pretty inconceivable to think that they would fight in the UFC. A lot's got to go right there. But Oceania fighters don't normally fight each other. Just imagine they did and the UFC wanted to use our footage as part of the Oh, that would be Pete. That could get run back back on the map. So maybe we should start a hashtag of our own. (laughs) 
Did you see our video? Did you see our video? Hashtag, did you see our video? It's really cool. <laughs> we, we've got catchy. Stab, Honestly, it's, we've got it's, more. We've got more likes and reviews on Statman's opinion on bloody Brock Lesnar. <laughs> worried about Jenkins and JVH yelling at each other. Did you see? Did you see our video? Is a better hashtag than Lockjaw for UFC two ninety three? To be honest, to be honest, love you, Lockjaw. It's just love. too long, isn't it? Oh, it's just too long. Oh, what a, <laughs> Did you see our video? What, what, when Jenkins won his fight, I mean, Stoney messaging at 4am in the morning and Stoney goes, I'll be back for me, Jack. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the, that was a funny call. Do you remember that? Stop me when Jack well, goes, I'll be back for my jacket. I'll, be back I'll come back for my jacket. jacket later or something. Yeah, like. yeah. Stoney put that in hey, the chat at fucking three o'clock. Because I thought he got he, done um, in the in the decision. So just before the judges were reading it out, <laughs> I, I dropped it. I love that. I love that he was so aware of the promo as well that he didn't want to like awkwardly end the promo by trying to get his jacket. <laughs> He's just like, nah, fuck it. I'm leaving. I'm leaving at the height of this promo, and I'll get my jacket later. <laughs> I love it. The, the, the I, I didn't even get out of bed to watch it. I watched it on my phone and <laughs> I could feel Kelly getting so fucking angry because I was kicking the blanket. Like, <laughs> Joe, when you don't real, when you're so invested in your body moves, that was. I thought that was the other one. No, no, that's me. I do it at the football. I'm so bad. I don't play FIFA every time. Yeah, it's yeah, just like you just move. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah. cut that out. It's about five minutes worth of stuff there. No, I keep it. <laughs> Uh, boys, I think this is we're gonna give this a double tick because we're getting excited. Thoughts on Sydney? I know it, I know Volk saying no is a, is a sad moment, but he wants that Markchev fight, so that's understandable. But Volk will still be around, he might do some meet and greets and things like that, so he'll still be the uh, head honcho. Exciting! So, there's a lot of Australian fighters on this UFC 290. So, thoughts on Sydney? What are we gonna do? Gotta assume it's is Israel headlining. If Volk's out, yeah, I, I cannot foresee there's any other fight that headlines Israel, this card. Israel, who it's not. versus Whitaker or Duplicis, whoever well, wins. Whitaker's on this two ninety card. Exactly, but the, but the winner there is envisaged to to go on and fight in Sydney. Mm. I, think, I think the UFC. Mm. I think yeah. the UFC's it's made a mistake. It's a quick turnaround. They've load, mate, they've loaded it? this UFC two ninety card minutes. with. With eight Australian fighters, like there's there's Jack Deller on there, there's GB Crute on there, Volkanovski. Like we got a bunch of like Robert Whitaker. We got a bunch of fighters in contention on this 290 card two months before the UFC Sydney card. Mm. I'm genuinely worried that there's not going to be enough time for any of these fighters to back up. Even if Volk decides, gets told, oh, you're not getting Islam in October. And so he decides to take a fight there. That's not much time. And who does he go up against? Mm. Like maybe Ilya, maybe. But like, there's. I'm I'm concerned that there is so much Australian talent dropped into the UFC cards over the coming weeks and 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 a couple of weeks back that they're not going to have the training camp uh, allowed, or they're not going to be able to get those deals deals signed. Israel Adesanya does not seem interested at all in a Robert Whitaker fight. He does not seem interested in the slightest. Beat the dude twice. I want to fight Duplessis. Um, he's he's the calling himself the real African champion. I want to fight Duplessis. He even said he's going to get a, a cage side and pray that Duplessis beats Robert Whitaker. Obviously, Israel Adesanya could headline and has headlined cards in Australia, but it, it, are they going to be able to pull off? What happens if what happens if Duplessis? 
breaks his nose in the fight. And Robert Whitaker's going to be trying to like break that nose. Volk, Volk gets tired or something. So I'm worried that they won't be able to back up the UFC 290 card, uh, the 293 card with, with enough Australian talent to make it interesting to a local market. And, and yeah, that that's my main concern right now. Hopefully we get some really, really good, uh, both international and Australian fighters on it. But I would not have stacked 290 with so many Australian fighters if I was planning a Sydney card in two months' time. Yeah. Substantially agree. He raises great points there. Mm. But what, what I will say is money talks, DL. So if they need if they need Volta, it can happen. Everyone's got a price. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I've never been more torn on a fight. Uh, Rob Whitaker, one of my all-time favourite fighters, up against uh, Duplessis, who are head-to-head, I want Rob to win this fight. But in the context of who fights Israel next, I, I actually don't really – I'm not phased to see a third fight, albeit the second yeah. one was, was very close. But, yeah. you know, I, I, he doesn't do anything for me, Statman. I'm not up and about for yeah, that one. I agree. I would love the heat of a, a Izzy versus Duplessis headlining in Sydney. That would get me well and truly up and about. It would make that $16,000 B&B you've got lined up for a CL <laughs> finally <laughs> worth it. But – um. It's going to be bittersweet because I don't know how I'm going to go during the fight hoping the person who I like substantially more doesn't win just because I want it to set up the next fight, uh, which we likely will be attending live. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Great fights on on UFC 290, though, boys. We want to jump into a couple of them. Outside of the the Volkanovski fight, God, and Brandon Marino is on this card as well. Um, Against Pantoja, man. That's a huge fight. This is nuts. We've got Robert Whitaker, like you just talked about, but – Dan Hooker. Surprise, surprise, Dan Hooker. I swear we just saw him in a cast. How long ago was that? No, that Three was for Perth. That, that's why he couldn't fight in Feb. Yeah, right. So, gotcha. yeah. He was he meant to be fighting Jalen Turner in Feb as well. So three months uh, like down that. the track, he's healthy and ready after seeing him in a cast three months ago. Well, what is a, boat, a break six to eight weeks, is it, Setman? About that, yeah. Before you can use it again. Before you can use it again. So Yeah, so we're, we're talking, this was before Feb. So he, he pulled out before the card on the 9th of Feb. Mm. So we're, we're saying it's probably occurred in mid to late Jan. Yeah, yeah I think sufficient time. Uh, so as Satman said, this is a rescheduled uh, fight against Jalen Turner. That, that's a cracking fight just quietly. Damn, with his kickboxing background, Jalen Turner, like he's legit in the stand-up. That, that's no mean feat. And and understandably, Dan Hooker en- enters as a, as a fairly sizable underdog in that one. Um, I like this fight about as much right now as I liked it when it was first announced, and that is fucking not at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really anxious for that fight, man. I really like Dan Hooker. I love his striking, but that is a who which matchmaker's wife did Dan Hooker fuck to get batched up against Jayla Turner, who's made a career out of assassinating Australian fighters. It's yeah. like Australian and Kiwi fighters. It's like it's not good, but I'm hoping it's not good. And we've seen Dan. I think that his most uh, sort of vicious loss in in the UFC. Uh, he obviously had the had the knockout, but before that, there was the Edson Barbosa clinic where yeah. Edson just lit him up with with kicks mm. and strikes to the body. Mm. Um, you know, Jalen's coming in with a lot of length, so you know Dan's going to have to you know wind back the clock tremendously here and pull something out of the back pocket DL because it's a it, it's a tough fight for him. But you know, we'll we'll be riding with our boy on that one, no doubt. Yeah, we've also got Jimmy Crute on this card as well. Shamaya, yeah, what do you reckon? I think that, no, that could be gone. a tasty name. Is he out? I reckon he's not even going to fight. He says right. that he's 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 lining up a fight with Usman in October for Dubai. But okay. my thinking is maybe if Israel Adesanya, if Robert Whitaker beats, beats Duplisi, Israel Adesanya might say, I'm not interested in fighting Robert Whitaker. Let me fight Hamzad in Sydney. 
yeah, the Israel Adesanya versus Hamza Chimaev for Look a title. That, even that yeah, Chimaev doesn't deserve a midweight title fight, but at September that point, twenty twenty two, his last fight was. Yeah, it's get it's it's taking its time now, and it's, he wants to fight. He's healthy, which is crazy. He's 27, 28. Did you say Jack Deller against Colby? Yeah, Mate, I'd, I'd be, Colby I'd doesn't be fight him. if it's not for a belt. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Silly me. Did debate number one teach you nothing, Stephen? <laughs> Anything else in the card, boys, that gets you excited? Just going to throw it just quickly before we move on from the Anzacs. If you put on a multi-DL, yeah. Jimmy, Jack, Dan, Oof. Rob Whitaker, yep. Bulk. Yep. Power play that to $14. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. And I think the only one that it is truly concerning is Dan Hooker. Mm. Yeah. If Dan comes through for the boys, that one's on. So is Dan, is Dan Hooker where you're getting your, your 14 bucks from? That's got to be your jump. Well, Dan's only high twos, so it's not. Um, yeah, he, he's not adding as much as what he probably should. In fairness, yeah, but I think it'd only be about four dollars fifty or so without without Dan Hooker in there, which is still a good odds for for those fighters. I think those those four fights are are pretty. Uh, sorry, those yeah, those four fights are pretty good for us. But um, without Dan Hooker, it, it starts to lose it a little bit. Um, one other fight that I'm interested in on UFC 290: Bo Nickel once more uh, opening a pay per view. Obviously got a dominant win in his first UFC fight. Maybe maybe some assistance from a low blow, but I think that that fight was going to end yeah, the same way regardless. Uh, he's going up against Treason Gore, who either won the Ultimate Fighter or was a runner-up for the Ultimate Fighter. I can't exactly. No, he lost to Brian Battle, I think. And so we've got Treason Gore uh, versus Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel should win this one quite handily. Um, but I'm really, really excited to see Bo Nickel continue to develop his game. I love seeing generational talents from especially wrestling, but also kickboxing coming to MMA. Um, and it, it, it's looking like his skills continue to develop. So watching that career closely is exciting. And open up the pay-per-view card. Let's go. All right, boys, let's jump into the main. Alex Falkowski yeah. versus Yagi Rodriguez. Yeah, Yagi Rodriguez is one of my favorite fighters to watch. Um, I rewatched recently his fight against Max Holloway. Um, which is an absolutely fantastic fight. Max Holloway won that fight. I think that if any other person absorbed the strikes that Euro Rodriguez landed on Max Holloway in that fight, they would have been knocked unconscious in round two, round three. Uh, Max Holloway, obviously Hawaiian coconut head, he managed to stay standing. But Yair Rodriguez has an absolutely, uh, like an absolutely dynamic striking game. We saw it against Josh Emmett. We've seen it against Korean Zombie. We've seen it a number of times out and about. Um, Huge, huge, uh, fun striker, flashy striker. I do think that Alexander Volkanovsky has way more tools up his up his sleeve. He his fight IQ is something that really, really shone bright through the Jose Aldo fight, but also in the uh, Islam Makachev fight. He tailors his approach for the fighters that he's fighting. Uh, I think he'll have a tailor made approach specific for Yeri Rodriguez, and I just don't see. Um, Rodriguez being able to stay on his feet, even though he does have really good takedown defense, I don't see him being able to stay on his feet. And I see uh, Volkanovski probably finishing this one with a submission, um, but probably after weathering some heavy body and head kicks from odd angles from Yuri Rodriguez. I'm very, very excited for this fight. The the Emmett fight with Yuri uh, in Perth was an absolute banger. Uh, I like Yuri as a person. He seems like a cool guy from the embedded and from the countdown show. So I think this would be a really, really fun one. A great showcase at Featherweight. Yeah, look, after seeing what uh, Ilya did to, to Emmett on the weekend, I 
can't even get up about. I want to say Ilya and, and Vulcan. I know yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a while down the track, and in order for that to happen, Vulcan needs to not slip, and, mm. and that's what what this fight presents the biggest is the chance of a slip when you come down off off your biggest fight of your career. And even though he 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 lost against Islam, I would hazard a guess and say that in in Alex Volkanovsky's career, that's his biggest fight to date in terms of what was on the line. Yeah. Uh, so coming coming down from from that to come back and defend against Rodriguez, you know he's a professional. I'm sure they've got the game plan, and and as Statman said, he's never looked out of place. They've meticulously planned his game plans to perfection against every opponent. Nothing leads me to believe anything's going to be any different here. So I, I I'm very confident Volk gets the job done. Don't know about the sub. That that'd be nice to see. But um, you know I'm picking Volk by decision in this one. But yeah, I, I really just want more than anything. I want Volk to win so we can still. You know, get one the Islam rematch because I think that falls yep. through if he loses this. But also the the Ilya fight. You know, Ilya versus Volk holds a lot more to me than Ilya versus uh, Rodriguez. So, just praying the Volk gets this one done because it sets up a couple of really banger fights down the line, boys. Ilya is scary. Scary. That's a cool fight. Though. That's a cool fight. I don't think there's any fight in featherweight since Connor versus Aldo that I've been more interested in seeing than what yeah. I am right now with Volkanovski and Ilya. I don't have too much to add to that, but I think it's probably Volk and I'm probably going to go on points. I don't think it's a finish in this one. Yeah, I don't think it's a finish one. Boys, let's jump into our house money locks. Uh, Stoney probably nearly gave his away. He's probably going to say that's a lock. Are you going to say your $14 multis? Your no, lock? it's not a lock. No, there's not a, not a chance, boys. I've got some integrity at stake. There's not a chance I'm saying Dan Hooker's a lock. <laughs> My lock's actually going to end the the prelim card, and okay. it's Nico Price is going to beat Robbie Lawler. Um, yeah, yeah, right. One million percent, boys. So yeah. I don't even know what it pays, but whatever it is, just put everything on it, and then set yourself up with a measly profit because it surely ain't paying much, uh, which takes you into the main card, and then you can have a bit of a dabble on the on some of the fights early in the main, setting yourself up for the 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 main event. This lock on the on on the two ninety card is the Bo Nichols fight. Honestly, I think I'm sitting at a dollar ten. I think it was. Uh, might have even shortened a little bit more. I've got a dollar six. Oh, dollar six. That's not even worth putting money. That's on, That's because DL put yeah. such a big bet on. Yeah, it's, it. dropped, it's crashed. The, the ten dollars really <laughs> dropped the market. Uh, so I'm going to say Bo Nichols. Is that man? Yeah, I've got, I've got one from the Strickland Magomedov. Um, Magomedov, Jesus. Uh, fight Ismail Bonfin against Benoit Saint-Denis. I'm, I'm taking Bonfin on this one. He is a really, really strong talent. Benoit Saint-Denis, uh, a really, really highly talented French fighter um, with a couple wins in the UFC, but Bonfin is absolutely amazing. Uh, and he's paying like probably a little bit more than he should be in that fight. I think he's at $1.33. He should be at $1.20. So jump on that for some value. But from the UFC 290 card, your Brandon Moreno is a dangerous dollar fifty-four, and I don't like to take a favorite against a guy who he's lost to twice already. Lost to Alexander Pantoja on the Ultimate Fighter, and he lost to him in the UFC as well uh, during Brandon Moreno's first in. But the Brandon Moreno that we saw on the Ultimate Fighter and in his first in the UFC is a completely different beast that we've seen since he's gained his title uh, against Figueroa. Uh, Marino is has evolved, whereas Pantoja is the same fighter that we've seen before. So, Marino at a dollar fifty four is if you're looking for a little bit more value over the 
the dollar thirties and the dollar sixes. I think Brendan Moreno at dollar fifty four is a really good one. Nice boys. That finishes off our house money box, and then uh, the wonderful word of editing. I oh, will put some drum rolls in there. Just Lovely, jazz it up. Beautiful. A bit, so. Yeah. Just sounding a bit bland. Yeah, well, speakers. I just sort of did. Just kind of just trickled in. Uh, boys, we're going to round out the podcast with a segment that is one of our listeners. One of our listeners. One of our listeners. Welcome, one of our listeners, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, this is for you. <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> Alrighty, boys, I need you to be serious now because this okay. one's this one's a, a good one. But oh shit, I want you to um. To put yourself in this situation, DL, and Statman, you can too. I always talk to DL. Just Thank you. In the I appreciate it. But you're both involved in this. Makes sense. Okay, boys. So you work in India. You're a food inspector. Statman's <laughs> <laughs> already gone. <laughs> I think I know this story. <laughs> so I don't go. You don't have many good days as a food inspector in India. Oh, I wouldn't expect you would. I understand the cultural appropriation of that comment, DL, but I'm not retracting it. Yeah. There's not many good days working as a food inspector in India. No. Uh, so Rajesh Vishwas, which I'm sure I butchered that name, but... No, I reckon you've done well. It was having a bit of a bad day, and on his way between kitchens, he saw a local reservoir, some water. It's hot in India. You don't see a lot of water because you're stuck up in kitchens all day. So he's gone over and he's, he's snapped a selfie. He's thinking, fucking beautiful. Finally some water. I'm just going to relax. Snapped a selfie, DL. Mm. But you've dropped your phone and you drop oh, it into the no – And you watch it yeah. float down, down, down into the depths and then you can't see it anymore. Yeah. What do you do? Oh, I'd leave it and walk away. Well, you, you would think so, yeah, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's just gone. No, not Rajesh. He goes and pays <laughs> some local village kids money to put on some snorkels and go and find his phone. Oh, deal. oh good on That's pretty good. Uh, lo and behold, uh, the reservoir's quite deep. They can't find his phone, deal. Oh, shit. At this point, you're cutting your losses, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Walk away. 100%. You're walking away. Anyone with any, any brain cell whatsoever knows, one, the phone's not going to work, uh, <laughs> but you're going to walk away. Yep. Not, he doesn't. Oh. Uh, not Richard. Rajesh. Not, not Rajesh. He doesn't. <laughs> Do you know what he does, Dale? What does he do? When the when the divers couldn't retrieve his phone because he claimed he had government sensitive data. Oh, he's a food inspector. He's got photos of kitchens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When the divers couldn't retrieve the phone, Dale, instead of cutting his losses and just accepting that his government issued phone, he didn't even pay for the phone. Yep. So it's his work phone. He ordered that the the entire (laughs) reservoir be drained. Dale. He didn't. (laughs) He didn't. He did. Oh, he did. (laughs) Over three days, three days it took to drain the <laughs> reservoir. More than two million litres of water. Oh, my God. Were just pumped into farmland. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, he found the phone. Do you know what happened, Deal? It didn't fucking work, did it? <laughs> of course, how much rice would it take to dry out that phone after three <laughs> days at the bottom of a reservoir? <laughs> Drained a whole dam. To put this in context, (laughs) to put this in context, India, one of the world's most water-stressed countries, (laughs) it's got extreme temperatures that have led to severe water scarcity, causing crop losses, forest fires, and power cuts. Oh my god! Eighteen percent of the world's population DL, and only four percent of the water. Oh fuck! But let's drain the entire fucking thing, and lo and behold, it doesn't work. So a quick look, because we just don't leave stories at the no, headlines DL. Of course not. We jump on their LinkedIn profiles. 
<laughs> a quick look at his LinkedIn profile and it says he has a master's of geography. Oh. The only thing, DL, he's got a master of is being an absolute. <laughs> <laughs> That's unreal. That's unreal. I'm pretty sure he like devastated like a couple of like local areas, oh, like just completely wiped out all their food. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? He did. He did. And but, uh, how's a how's a health inspector got the power to drain a dam or a reservoir, whatever it was? Yeah, look, it, it's interesting. Um, if it was in the Andrews government, government we wouldn't office. question it, DL. But because it's in India, we we, we beg the question. <laughs> Dan Andrews is covering the big stuff. He's he's protecting people buying Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing all those good things. Masters of Geography. That's crazy. Spare me, boys. That's crazy. Well, we love it. Thanks, Tony, for bringing that one to the potty. Boys, that is us. That's a wrap. There's a lot of exciting things coming up on the potty. So if you like what we're doing, please like, share, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Boys, I'm producer DL. I'm the stat man. My name is Stoney. Hashtag JBH for 293. JBH for 293. And we'll run it back with you all on the next Run It Back podcast, lads. Hashtag, have you seen our video? (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen our video? (laughs) Have you seen it though? It's a really good video. Have you seen it? (laughs) Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Just imagine if they made a really big deal and the UFC come knocking one day. Just that video, boys. Can we use your video? What I might do is off air. I might negotiate a price that I can buy your video off you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs>